Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911 Friday show. Hey, this is a devices. Oh, let me turn on this light here. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Sarah, Justin, Anita. Yeah. We are here. And we are in studio. That's right. Yep. Yes. Yep. Finally, we've been traveling uh, for the last two weeks, yep, and it's good, it's good to be back. Yeah, we are back, and uh, it's good to be back and in studio where we feel more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> lot, uh, uh, we got a big topic. It's going to take about two or three weeks to develop this. <clears throat> there's a there's a very famous story. Uh, it came out in 1976. It's uh, it was written by Father Malachi Martin. And it's the he wrote a book called Hostage to the Devil in 1976, three years after the movie The Exorcist came out. So uh, it, it kind of put fuel into that book. And he wrote about some of his particular cases of exorcism. He talks about a transgender demon already in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to talk about. And we want you to hear the, hear the entire story. But before we go to that story, I want to tell you about the month of July. Yeah, what is it? The month of July is dedicated to the precious blood. The Feast of the Precious Blood of Our Lord was instituted in 1849 by Pius IX. But the devotion is as old as Christianity. The early fathers say that the church was born from the pierced side of Christ and that the sacraments were brought forth through his blood. The precious blood which we worship is the blood which the Savior shed for us on Calvary and and reassumed at his glorious resurrection. Amen. It is the blood that... uh, courses through the veins and his risen glorified living body at the right hand of God the Father in heaven and it is a blood made present in all in our altars by the words of consecration it is the blood which merited sanctifying grace for us and through it washes and beautifies our soul and integrates the beginning of eternal life in it yep uh nobody will get to heaven without the precious blood of Jesus yep yep, yep. Uh, and uh anybody who makes it there in some way, shape, or form, they came in contact yeah. with this precious blood that gave them that sanctifying grace necessary to get there. Right. Okay. So I want to talk about a figure. Uh, his name's Father Malachi Martin. <clears throat> and uh, there's there's an article written about him, and I want to share it with you. And the article is called, I Have Smelt the Breath of Satan. So it's, mm-hmm. it's an article. Uh it's an interview of Father Malachi Martin where yeah. he details the four stages of, of, of possession. And then we'll get into the book, the chapter of the book. It's chapter 10. The book is called Hostage to the Devil. Mm-hmm. And, and, and on chapter 10, this particular chapter talks about a transgender demon. He calls this chapter the virgin and the girl fixer. Because apparently this demon keeps saying that he wants to fix this girl and makes this girl a boy. Yes. Very interesting. That's interesting. And when he wrote it, and now look where we're at today. Look that's at the, the point. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the point I'm making. Yeah, People probably say, this guy's crazy. This priest is crazy back in the yeah. 60s. How is a girl turned into a boy? Yeah. And how's a demon, a demon well, how is a demon trying to get yeah. somebody to, to turn, turn from a girl to a boy? Yeah. Well, guess what? Uh, he called that the girl fixer demon. Yeah. That's a transgender demon. Yes. Uh, and, and and here we are in living color in 2023 yeah, just mutilating their bodies and 
and there's higher ups and even in some of our Catholic yeah. hospitals are, are participating. Are participating and this, this and comes straight from the pit yes. of hell. This Absolutely. comes straight from demons. Demons are the ones that are promoting yep. transgenderism. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> in this short little article, just to get a prelude to Father Malachi Martin, he said this. This is Father Malachi Martin as he's been interviewed by the Irish Times 1999. He says, exorcism can be extremely violent. I have seen objects hurled around rooms by the powers of evil. I have smelt the breath of Satan and heard the demons' voices, cold, scratchy, dead voices, carrying messages of hatred. Okay, these are words that were quoted uh, from the Scotsman newspaper. Yeah. Uh, they appear in the obituary of the co-carry priest and author we call Father Malachi Martin, published in the Irish Times, Saturday, August 7th, 1999. Yeah, the release of the hostage to the devil. That's, Which the, that, book, that's the book he wrote. That's the book he wrote. The subject of the dark-looking Netflix documentary, documentary is Martin and a spirit he confronted in a career as a Jesuit priest, an author, and exorcist. Malachi was born as Co Carey. That was his name. His name, Co Carey. Co Carey. In 1921, to, to John and his parents, John and Catherine Martin. He was one of the 10 children. He was educated first at uh, Bali Longford National School, Dublin's Belvedere College, and then the, at the University of College in Dublin. According to his obituary, his foray into Jesuit priesthood would take him to Rome in the 1960s. But in 1964, he requested a release from his vows. It's interesting. Yeah, that, and, that and, is. And he, and he talks about the fact that he saw so much corruption already in the 60s that mm -hmm. this disheartened him. Yeah. And he wanted to, to continue living his life as a lay Catholic. He thought he could do more good as a lay Catholic because he could speak out openly yeah, and start and fighting about the, the corrupt right. Jesuits even what back then. What was going then. on. Yep, he couldn't do that as a priest. Absolutely not. And it's interesting. And I think many priests are, are well, like that Well, have right one now. here in Phoenix yep. that just left. And yep. he's, he's supposed to be a very holy priest, Father uh, Sergio Fita. Okay. Yeah, he same left. thing. Yep. He, mm -hmm. he, a letter he just wrote, he was so disgusted mm -hmm. and disheartened with the state of the clergy right now. Uh, he says he just he just couldn't be a priest at this point. His spirit was so unsettled. And I'm, I'm really disappointed because, you know, we need priests like himself yeah. to, right. to stay his in the priesthood. I agree. I think it's if this is a this is the battle that yeah. we're in. We can't cower down. And I'm but, not saying but, I, I'm not here judging him, but please, we, that's why we got to pray for our priests yeah. because it is a struggle for those good priests, good priests that are trying to be good priests, and they're they're getting pushback from the you know from the hierarchy, the modernist the hierarchy, modernist, the modernist, the modernist, the modernist hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and uh, yeah, and Father Sergio Fita, I I could actually see yeah. him going the way of Father Malachi Martin. He's educated. He's yeah. a holy guy. He's going to be a lay person and insert himself into trying to fix the church like Malachi Martin did as a lay person, you could do a lot more. Uh, again, that's, you know, I wish him well. So the article says the move was prompted by his conclusion. This is Malachi Martin's conclusion that many in the church and in particular in his own order, the Jesuits were more interested in power than in saving souls. So Malachi Martin was saying this in the 60s. Yeah. Nothing has changed today. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely. He left Rome and moved to New York, where he took odd jobs, including a stint washing dishes and, and driving a cab, before eventually finding success as an author. 
He held fast to his conservative views of the church, which clearly shone through in his writing, according to the author of the obituary when he died. Skip to 1976. The Exorcist film has been out for three years, initially to half and half reviews, but already accumulating the building blocks of the cult status it would eventually enjoy. Malachi Martin releases a book account of five. He claims real life exorcisms. The book's called Hostage to the Devil, The Possession and Exorcism of Five Contemporary Americans. Sharing the title of the upcoming documentary, this is his best known work. Mm -hmm. Each case in the book has a title and a vivid narrative based on meetings with the exorcists and exorcists. In one case, quote, the rooster and the tortoise, end quote, a, psych a psychology professor, Carl V, became possessed while reenacting a ritual he had seen himself performing a vision. He traveled to Aquelia in Italy to carry out the dream he had, which he understood to be a reflection of events that happened in a previous life. A group of students accompanied him to document the process. Wow. Father Martin <laughs> describes the physical change that took place in, in this psychology professor wow. named Carl. As Carl was possessed during the ritual, as described by the people who accompanied mm -hmm. him on the trip, and around the eyes, in a way, none of his associates and students could ever explain. There was what they had, had come to call the twist some crookedness, some wry misshapeness as of natural contours of skull, forehead, eyes, and ears had been splayed out of kilter by some superhuman force residing in him temporarily with tremendous and awful power. So wow. it looks what Father Martin is, is describing there is this shape-shifting. Yeah, the one that now he's possessed yeah. because he want to reenact a ritual that had taken place. So that's what this little paragraph is all about. Yep. yep. So here's here's the meat of what we want to talk about for the next three weeks is mm -hmm. this transgender demon. Yes. Here's what the article says. It says, in another case, quote, the virgin and the girl fixer, end quote, an exorcist named Father Gregory is attacked by a spirit said to be possessing a transgender woman whom Martin refers to as Richard Rita. The vivid description of the person in the throes of battle with a malevolent spirit with, will be familiar to anyone with experience watching horror films. So here, the, what I find interesting is that mm -hmm. we're dealing right now with the cult of transgenderism right now in 2023, yeah. like we've never seen it mm -hmm. before. And already in the 60s, Father Malachi Martin is yes, talking, about it, talking about this it. demon that's mm -hmm. trying to get a person to become transgender. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yep. and Father Martin refers to the demon as Richard Rita. And, and you know, and it's 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 unfortunate. We have a, a many people in higher up, especially in the military. We have a Richard Rita, quote unquote, in the military. An admiral. Admiral. Yeah. Um, um, what's his name? Richard. His name is his name Richard. Uh, Levine. Richard. But he goes by Rachel. Richard. Uh, anyways, Rachel Levine. Rachel yeah. Levine. God help us. Yeah, but he's a Richard Rita. Yes, is, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. He's a Rita. Yeah. Okay. Our later, the Here pressure of the serpent. Yes, to rescue us, give us a whole. Yes. We're talking about Father Malachi Martin. He wrote a book called Hostage to the Devil, and particularly talks about a transgender demon. This is what we want to talk about the next couple of. This is what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. We want to know as much as we can about absolutely this story that happened forty years. Ago. We'll be Stay back with us, family.
Back, Jesus 911. By the way, we're going to go watch Sound of Freedom in a couple of hours. I hope you've watched it this week. Go yes. out and support that video, uh, that movie, Sound of Freedom. All the good, these good Catholic movies that come out, we got to get out there in in in, in mass, uh, in mass, in massive Attendance. numbers. Yeah, massive, massive, <laughs> yeah. The movie Nefarious. Yep. Now we got Sound yep. of Freedom. Let's get out there and support these movies. Yep. For those of you that got extra change in your pocket, buy a bunch of tickets and give them out to your kids. Give them out to give them out to people. So we're talking about Father Malachi Martin, and uh, he talks about this one case that he had in his book, uh, Hostage of the Devil, about this demon that was, that was uh, he would call, he called the demon Richard Rita. It was a spirit that was trying to possess a woman and make her mm -hmm. transgender. Yeah. The article says here this, uh, at, at describing the possessed person, mm -hmm. describing Richard Rita, it says this, quote, the mouth opened, bearing gums and throat, the, trunk, the tongue protruded, quivering on a stream of gray from bubbles. The whole face was furrowed in irregular lines as Richard Rita, that's the possessed person, mm -hmm. broke into peals of laughter. Great buffeting, gust of mocking, jeering, shade and froed laughter, laughter pouring from a belly of amused scorn and contemptuous hate. In the late 1990s, there was an exorcism, an exorcist boon, according to an in-depth report by Anna Mundell, published in the Irish Times on July 27, 2002. In the preface to the book, Hostage of the Devil, written for its 1999 republish, Father Martin corroborates his idea, estimating some 800 to 1,300 major exorcisms and some thousands of minor exorcisms uh, that were performed annually. Monday says cultural rather than satanic influences were previously responsible for rises in possession cases. Like the exorcist before it, in the 1970s, Martin's book created more exorcism devotees, among them many alienated Catholic priests who condemned the reforms of the Second Vatican Council for giving Satan a free hand. And by the, by the way, I mean... That's uh, a lot of people still maintain that today, mm -hmm. because yep. realistically, when you read the documents of Vatican II, all the stuff that the modernists are doing right now, it's just not in the documents. Right. It doesn't say get rid of the altar rails, move the tabernacles to the side. Yep. All that stuff was invented by the modernists who are bullies. And this is why a lot of people like Father Martin and others yep. after Vatican II, they got so, and Father Vita just down the street in St. Anne's, they got so disgusted that the reforms of Vatican II have not been implemented. And so uh, there's a lot of Father Martins out there. We call them canceled priests. Yep. In the hostage, Martin's reputation is as a staunch Catholic and his disdain for the church's light touch is evident. Quote, among the general population of Catholics and Christians, other denominations, large numbers of people no longer learn even so basic a prayer as our father, he writes. In churches and parochial schools alike, the subject of hell is avoided. Hmm. As one Midwestern priest put it, in order not to put people, quote, on a guilt trip. The idea of sin is likewise avoided, according to the same source, in order not to do irreparable damage to what has been taught for the past 15, 15 years. Well, this is longer, so. Yeah. yeah I mean, how many times did we hear hell? 
or Satan. Never. In, in never. Many of the I've never heard. And as a married couple, we never heard it, you know, going early as a young married couple. Yeah. The only mass, time I've ever heard of hell yeah. is when you go to conferences. Yes. Conferences. Where you get, yes. where you have pay to see speakers like, yes. you know, caliber of, you know, father, yes. you know, the and fa- we, fathers of mercy, father Karapi. Yeah. We the, scratch our heads and say, why are we here? Yeah. Why do I hear this every Sunday? So what they say at these conferences, yeah, this, I never hear them in the pulpit. Right, ever, ever. Right. Right. For those of you that haven't gone to conferences, Go to good Catholic conferences. You will hear hear the unvarnished truth. Unvarnished don't truth. go to diocesan conferences. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're going to hear mealy mouth establishment Catholicism. Yeah. Go mm-hmm. to conferences. Whoa. Yeah. Now go to now, go to Catholic whoa. conferences that are independent of the diocese. Right. That are be, that are being run by lay apostolates. You're yes. going to get the unvarnished truth. Yeah. Like, like a lot of men's conferences are very good. Yeah, uh, of course, uh, yeah. Marian conferences. Yeah. Well, because they're run by lay people. Yeah, they're run by lay people. Well, those are the only ones that are evangel- evangelizing, yeah. you know. So the article says Father Martin didn't buy into any figurative interpretations of evil. He said possession is not is not some tale of dark fancy features featuring ogres and happy endings. Possession is real, and real prices are paid. Now, he talks about here the four stages of possession that are in his book, Hostage yeah. to the Devil. What does yeah, he say? So the first one is first, the actual entry point, the point at which evil spirit enters an individual and a decision, however tenuous, is made by the victim to allow that entry. Yeah. So the victim invites. Yeah. So, you, so we're tempted by demons. But yes. you say yes, yes to the temptation. Or you say no. Yeah, or yeah. no. Mm-hmm. But, but when you start saying yes, yes to the temptation, you start giving the yep. demon permission, yep. permission, permission. permission. <laughs> he keeps tempting. Yeah. Ah, bigger temptation. You say yes, permission. He tempts you again, bigger temptation. You say, ah, oh, yes, yes, permission. Mm-hmm. This is the way it works. Then you go on to stage two. It says, then a stage of erroneous judgments by the possessed in vital matters as a direct result of the allowed presence of the possessing spirit and apparently in preparation for the next stage. Yeah. Yep. Because what you have now, mm-hmm. you've got psychological compatibility with the demon and the demon is co- constantly mm-hmm. running yep. a narrative in your mind. Mm-hmm. Do this, do that, cheat on your wife, mm-hmm. steal. Pornography. Do, yeah, These yeah, constant uh, projections in your mind well, from the demon. Break because, all the 10 commandments. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. point number three. Yeah, third stage, the voluntary yielding of control by the possessed person to a force or presence he clearly feels is alien to himself and as a result of which he, which the possessed loses control of his will and so with his decisions and his actions. This is where I'm just thinking of uh, uh, nefarious. nefarious. Yeah, where he said there was two, uh, when the, the demon, when the, the person Ed, uh, Edward came through and he says, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. And then nefarious, jump. nefarious jumps in, yeah, and and admits it that yeah, I yeah the the person as a result of granting yes. so many permissions to the demon into your life at a certain given point you start losing control of your yes. will and right. you saw that in Edward Braid in the yeah, movie Nefarious yeah he loses you lose control of your will because what you've done is you've ceded your will to the demon mm-hmm. but you did done it as a result of giving yeah, him permission yes yep. yes yes to the temptations. Yep. And little by little, you're you're seeding yep. control. You're giving yep. them ground. You're getting and deeper and deeper in the black hole because you can't get out. And it becomes and, and so now and now his control over you becomes more powerful mm-hmm. and more powerful until you're possessed. 
So here, Father Martin, Martin talks about, he says, once the third stage is secure, extended control proceeds and may potentially reach the point of completion, what he calls perfect possession. What, yeah. he, what he says about your will and the demon's will is perfectly aligned. Mm -hmm. There's a symbiotic relationship between your will and the mm -hmm. demon's will. Father Malachi Martin calls that perfect possession. Perfect possession. And, and, and there are many people that are perfectly possessed and yep. we don't even know it because exactly. they're just going along to get along and and yeah we and can, many people that we see in politics that are, are perfectly possessed. possessed yeah because just by the the legislation and and their 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 speak yeah what they talk about is it's so evil is, it's always pushing evil. death culture of death the, their culture uh yeah their, legis their legislation is always yes. immoral mm -hmm. and always pushing the culture of absolutely. death absolutely but they got a big smile from ear to ear you know yeah. why because they live in a they live in complete harmony with a demon. Right. They right. have psychological compatibility right. with a demon and they're in complete harmony. And demons prefer politicians, Father Amor says. Mm -hmm. Why? Because yeah. because they're they're very powerful and he can maximize damage in a society by taking over politicians yeah. and perfectly possessing them. Absolutely. So it 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 could happen swiftly or take years to accomplish. That's possession. And stages may not come in that order. The, uh, ultimately, Martin said in his bestseller, the hostage, the extras takes the pain for those who are possessed. And I've heard other extras say that, that uh, they pay a price. There's a, there, you have to be willing to do some redemptive suffering. I, I know for, Father Ripperger told me about one case where this guy was a heroin addict that he was, he did an, an exorcism over him. Mm -hmm. And uh, once it was done, he said once he went. He was healed. He was healed. Or, it was, or know, the exorcism. Period. Yeah. Once the exorcism was oh, done, okay. he wasn't. He wasn't liberated yet. Mm -hmm. okay. He said it took several. But he said he went home and he said he had vertigo for three hours. He felt like throwing up. He says there's nothing that he could do. Sitting down, laying down, everything was moving around. And again, he felt like again like this heroin addict does under the influence. So the demon just the demon hit him, uh, and, yeah, and, and harassed and, him and made him pay a price mm -hmm. for the fact that. Father Ribberger had tormented this mm -hmm. demon for several hours yeah. uh, in the body of this possessed person. Yeah. yeah, gosh. When the rebellion of the possessed person does lead to exorcism, the bitter struggle is brought out into the open. He wrote, the exorcist literally offers himself as hostage. Yeah, it's it, so, that's why I've heard other people say that mm -hmm. exorcism is a ministry of love. Yeah. It's 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 that's what it is. I mean, yeah, you have to absolutely. love people to be involved in yeah, this because. because it, it's, there's it, compassion yes. for them it's like then uh, then what's These are, special priests scotty pass you know they're they're my brother's divine Christ, love divine, divine love, love. and yeah. you know i want them to get here i want them to get to heaven and that's the yeah. priest's goal the goal is you yeah. know for them to 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 help us uh, heal our souls and bring our souls to heaven yeah you'll and, you'll find that priests that are involved in this ministry are priests that really they are they, specialists they, lo they love the body of christ yes. yeah they do they, they love, love the body they love souls and so we need to pray for our exorcists, all the exorcists out there that are doing this work. Yeah, they need to even the ones involved in, in, in minor so exorcism powerful. and deliverance. There's a yeah. lot of Catholic priests involved just in deliverance, not exorcism. Yeah. We need to pray for yeah, them for as them well. Wow, absolutely. Because I would have to say that this uh, this is what they're doing is hand to hand combat. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. doing hand to hand combat. Uh, we want to talk about in the next segment. I want to talk about a couple of questions. We've got a lot of questions that people have asked us about angels and demons. So I want to get yeah, into these are great questions. Yeah. Well, thank you for sending us these questions. Um, that way we can research yeah, them and research. give you the proper response. Right. Like the first question, I know we got about, uh, well, we, we, we probably. Yeah, we got some time. We got okay. some time. The first question is, is, is this St. Faustina elaborates 
on demons appearing to us as angels of light. What does she mean? This is in her, her diary, par paragraph 1405. So how does St. Faustina, how does she interpret this? Demons appear to us as angels of light. She said deception as an angel of light. The evil one hates you with a profound hate. And the closer you draw to God, fulfilling his divine will, the more he will seek to attack you. Mm. Do not fear the bark of this little dog. One of the most common ways the evil one attempts to deceive you is by presenting himself as an angel of light. He does this by using his natural angelic powers of influence, speaking lies that have a faint resemblance to the truth. Mm. He rarely speaks outright with obvious lies since he knows we would immediately identify yeah. him as the source. He's like a politician. Yeah, he speaks half-truths. Half -truth. And I like what he says. She says, uh, do not fear the little dog. The little so dog. she's like, oh, you're nothing. Yeah. Hold that thought. We're going to continue yeah. answering that oh, question. This is a great answer. Yeah. yeah. Stay, too. stay Stay with us. Yeah, Stay Fonsina talks about uh, what it means by angels appearing as an angel of light. We'll continue with her response. It's in the diary, paragraph 1405. You're listening to Jesus 911 Friday Show family. We'll be right back. Stay Pray for us. you hold us in your Your beauty and your grace are the bright dawn. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. you hold us in your Family, we're back. We are back with Tobias and Sarah. Yep. Hey, I said you first. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Joseph yes. and Mary. Joseph. Hey, what about uh, Jesse and Anita? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Let's come down to earth. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about uh, the uh, spiritual warfare in light of uh, what demons are able to do and not able to do. St. Faustina answers in paragraph 1405. She, she's, she answers the question because St. Paul uses the term in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 that the devil appears to us as an angel of light. So St. Faustina is answering what that means. Remember, she talked to Jesus Christ, so she got direct exegesis from the Lord Jesus Christ on a lot of these matters. And so she continues, or St. Faustina continues yeah, by saying what? Said, she continues by saying, instead, he seeks, talking about the, the demon, instead, he seeks to manipulate the truth and lead you into confusion, tempting you to doubt the truths that God has spoken to, to doubt the holy will of God. Like the transgender movement. Yep. Anybody who promotes the transgender movement is a talking snake. Yep. They are an agent of Satan. They are manipulating Absolutely. the truth. They're trying to lead you into confusion. Yep. They work for Satan. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to make you doubt what the God's word says. Absolutely. This is classic. Absolutely. Classic Absolutely. speaks about what we're going yep. through right now. He may subtly remind you of your past sins and wicked weaknesses while trying to mask the infinite mercy of God, which eliminates those sins and manifests his power through your weakness. Yeah, this is a, this, yep. a, this is an important point here. I think that may have seen this for 30 or 40 years where people will tell mm -hmm. us, I even have family members that'll say, yeah, they'll say the sins I've committed are Un unforgivable. unforgivable. There's no way that I, I could be forgiven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's no way that I can receive God's mercy. Right. This is exactly what Satan wants you to believe. And St. Faustina because just answered to beat it. Beat down, beat down, beat you down to to get you into despair, to lead you into despair. That's why they do that. So all of you that have already confessed your sins, don't look back. And those that 
have been the recipient of that sin, especially if you're in a in a, a, a sacramental marriage, you need to forgive your spouse and not mention it anymore. Not mentioning their sin anymore because you're also adding to that. So if God forgives and him, forgets, you have you to do, have the, same to do thing. the same too. Yeah, God uh -huh. forgives and forgets. That's what the Bible says in Isaiah and Jeremiah. Yeah. Or you yeah. can't go up to communion if you haven't forgiven him. Yep. You know? uh, if you hate your brother, Jesus says, don't go to communion until yep. you reconcile with your brother. Mm -hmm. So the, yeah, that, that sentence from St. Faustina was very powerful, yeah, very powerful about the demon may subtly remind, remind you of your past sins and weaknesses while trying to mask the mm -hmm. infinite mercy of God. Boy, he does that well, yep, he which does. eliminates those sins and manifests its power through, through your, your weakness. weakness. What else yeah. does St. Faustina say? He says, he may tempt you to discouragement and there despair. That's what we just said. said. Removing from your heart the hope you have been given in Christ Jesus. He may tempt you to anger and resentment, leading you to believe that you are justified in holding on to those to these feelings. Whatever the case may be, the evil one is a slippery liar, and you must overcome his deceit by turning constantly to the truth of the mercy of God. So what is the truth? You keep going to mass, going to confession, praying your rosary. Praying your you divine need mercy. Your divine mercy. You need to be in prayer. That's how you overcome your weakness. And I'll tell you why. Because all the prayers, as you're, as you're praying, all the prayers are always talking about the mercy of God. Yes. And the forgiveness of God. Mm -hmm. And so what you're doing <coughs> is you're saturating your mind. You're saturating your thoughts with, again, <coughs> God is my father. God, God loves me. He forgives me. He has mercy on me. I accept his forgiveness. <laughs> prayers are important, important because what you're doing is you're repeating the word of God and you're making sure that it, it embeds in your mind and it becomes it becomes engraved in your mind, these prayers. And that's the theology of the Bible. Mm -hmm. You're putting biblical data. You're putting divine revelation into your mind. So when you, when the demon tries to tell you, you can't be forgiven for that sin, you say, you know what? You're crazy. Of course I can be forgiven. Mm -hmm. I go to confession, get right with God. Of course you'll forgive me. Yeah. Why will you know that? Because your mind has been so saturated with Catholic prayer Absolutely. that you know the theology of the church. Absolutely. It's just that this was such a rich question. Yeah. Um, I think we, uh, so we need to, uh, I, I think she continues, right? Yeah. She yes. says, reflect upon the subtle lies that you have allowed yourself to believe. Whatever they are, you will know them by their fruits, sadness, anger, hurt, confusion, and the like. Identify these and dismiss them through prayer. Allow the mercy of the Lord's truth to permeate your soul and set you free. Yeah. Here's another question. This is a really good question. Are there demons in purgatory? Are there demons in purgatory? So there's not a definitive answer. That's but, a very good yeah, question. But here's two giants yes. that tackle this question. Mm -hmm. uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, he says this. He says, if, he didn't say there are. He says, if there are demons in purgatory, and that's a big if, they can't torment you or torture you any longer, according to St. Thomas. So that's a big if. Mm-hmm. Father Ripperger, who's another and giant. They're in there. I'm sure they're as weak as, yeah, you know, because they know weak, 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 weak. They have no power. They have no, power. They have no so that, and that's even know, if they're yeah. there. Yeah, even yeah. if they're there. Right. So that's the if. Now, Father Ripperger, he says, he says this, uh, same thing. He goes, that's correct. If they're in purgatory, if 
they can't torment or torture you because once once they die and are judged you know once once uh, the soul dies in the mm-hmm. state of grace and are judged worthy of eventual heaven they are immune from diabolic attacks so the soul father Ripper is saying that the souls in purgatory are in a state of sanctifying grace mm-hmm. So once you die in a fixed, permanent, mm-hmm. in a state of sanctifying yeah. grace, guess what? Yeah, you're immune from diabolic attack. And I think you're so your soul so focused on wanting to be in the presence of the Lord, you're just ignoring these these insignificant yeah. uh, spirits. Yeah, if they're even are, there, if they're even there, yeah, 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 yeah they, uh, because that, they're also praying for us. Yeah. Those souls in purgatory are praying for us, and now so my, that's why it's important to pray for them. In my opinion, I would say this. I mean, I just mm-hmm. read Father St. Thomas Aquinas and Father yeah. Ripperger, who am I? Yeah, but I would I would say uh the demons, if they're there, completely powerless. They're like yeah, in, powerless. they're like in the corner in the fetal position yeah, crying right. because they're seeing all the souls being purified by the by the yeah. power of, of, yeah. of Jesus Christ shed blood. Mm-hmm. So for them it would be painful, it'd mm-hmm. be like a torture session because they're yeah. seeing. All the souls of sanctifying grace. They say, wait a minute, we and, lost that. Yeah, and, and they're, that they're all becoming holy, yeah. mm-hmm. all, you know, yeah. through the power of God at purgatory. So it would be yeah. utter, utter mm. pain and torture yeah, for, for a them. demon to yeah. be present. Because of the that. regret. Yeah. I should have been there. I should have been, been there. I should have been there. Yeah. They keep telling that. That's, they're themselves torture themselves by that. Yep. You know. So, yeah, the, the repetition. Yeah, and that, repetition. this is. The demons repeat, they, yeah. they constantly, they constantly, they constantly yeah. remind themselves of what they lost. Mm-hmm. And so that's the torture. Okay. That's the, that intellectual mental torture mm-hmm. that they experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, here's another question. What part of the day are demons most active? That's a really good wow, question. That, that's an excellent question. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say, let's see what the saints say. Okay. St. Bernardine of Siena in, in 1444, a great Franciscan preacher, he says, the demons have more power at night than by day because of the sun of illumination that God gives to the soul. So, you know, you can look at that. That's where, I mean, St. Bernardine of uh, Siena. So, really, I, I, and that makes sense. Yeah, so, and I'll tell you what. They say there's a song, the freaks come out at night. Right, back you in know, the that's 70s. That's very true. Yeah, the, the, the freaks, the demons come out at night, right. Yeah, because most people, what, what are Antifa, Black Lives Matter? What do they commit the crimes at night? At night. They're out night. They have masks on, so they're not even you know they're they're covered up, so they won't be identified. So they're so so yeah, like what Saint Bernardino of Siena says. So what God does to the soul, obviously the soul in the state of grace, He illuminates that soul. Yeah. In other words, the soul's not dark. Now the soul that's dark is a soul that's separated from God. That's an immortal sin. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense a dark soul. Yep. You know, is is very comfortable for a demon. Ah, he's an immortal mm-hmm. sin. Yeah. I like that soul. I'm gonna go and I'm yeah, gonna go and right, hang out with right. him. The soul, like I can fit comfortably yes, in there. <laughs> I can hang out with this yeah. person and have a good time, time. with him or her. Mm-hmm. Now the soul that's illuminated by God, that's in a state it's of grace. Blinding. It's it, yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's gonna be blinding. Paid. Yeah. Uh, every single yep. exorcist that even Saint Teresa of mm-hmm. the Little Flower says that a soul in a state of grace is uh is uh causes pain to demons demons mm-hmm. are they, they feel pain when they look at a yeah. soul in a state yeah. of grace so that's yeah. basically what saint bernardino yeah. sienna said and also hell is is, is pitch black mm-hmm. and heaven is is completely light there's mm-hmm. no darkness there's no yeah. nighttime in heaven mm-hmm. and so it, it makes sense that the demons they don't like the daytime well, they don't because it reminds them of heaven which mm-hmm. is perpetual light but they like the nighttime because it reminds them of hell which is perpetual darkness yeah now Here's a big question. 
In fact, we only got two minutes and this is going to take more. So we'll, we'll save that question for the next one. I'll, yeah, this I'll is take, really good. It's Yeah, I'll, I'll get a smaller question because yeah. we only got two minutes. So here's one. Okay. In the book of Tobit, St. Raphael, the archangel, claims Asmodeus, who will reject rebuke and renounce in Jesus' name, he's a demon, mm -hmm. that Asmodeus somewhere in the desert. Asmodeus is now one of the five, one of five Satan's generals ruling the world. How was this demon let loose? And why wouldn't St. Raphael, why wouldn't St. Raphael's shackling of this demon be permanent? Mm. So how so, would we respond to so that? So we'll respond with that. Well, God permitted Asmodeus to be let loose. Nothing happens with angels and demons without God permitting it to happen. All the demons will be bound definitively in hell. At one the, day. Yeah, one day. At the second coming of Christ. And it's right there in Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. Until then, they roam around like lions. Yeah. Okay, not like the lion. No, <laughs> Jesus is the, the lion, lion of the tribe of Judah. Yeah. They're, they're fake lions. They're fake lions, yeah. Okay. And they, 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 With they, little mini mouse roars. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that's in 1 Peter 5, 8. So, uh, yeah. So, again, the point, the, 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 the precise answer is, Nothing happens with angels and demons without God permitting it to happen. Especially demons, they don't act willy-nilly. They're bound by, by God's uh, divine positive law and his spiritual law that governs the cosmos. They have to do what he says. We've got a big question on the next one. You're going to really like this one. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're here at the Holy Positive. Are there feminine demons? That's what we're going to answer. Yeah. Are there feminine so demons? Tuned. Last second. We are back with Jesse and Anita at Jesus 911, a spiritual warfare uh, segment, our fourth segment. Hey, go out to the movies today. Yeah, go see uh, or Saturday Freedom. Or Saturday. We got some comments of people uh, watching it. They said it was a just a, an eye-opener and uh, they recommend everybody go out and watch it because it, it takes you to another place that we've never been before as far as what is really happening behind uh, uh, these cartels and all these um, missing children missing in children. milk cartons. Remember those milk cartons? Where are they where are all these kids at? Disappearing and not being found. Interesting. Yes. So it's really good to look out and see what's really happening out there. We need to, what do we need to do? Expose the darkness. Expose, that's what St. Paul says. This movie is exposing the darkness. And when you go see it, you also can tell others because you will also be exposing the darkness. We need to support good Catholic movies. Yes. I dare say even support Protestant movies that are well done. Yeah, some of those faith-based films. Yes, and just just they have nothing to do with the Hollywood garbage anymore. Yeah, there's enough Catholic movies that come out now, and even good Protestant movies that have virtue. Yes, we're, we need to support them because yeah, we're sending a message to Hollywood. Yeah. that no more. We are we're done. Yeah. we are done. We're sick and with tired your of your wokeness propaganda. and your your indoctrination of yes. our children, of yeah. our minds, yeah. of our souls, and and. Pulling, away, uh, pulling us away from Christ yeah, you know, and from our church. Amen. Yeah. So let's continue here. Yes. We have okay, another yes. question from the yeah, audience. Another question from the audience. Here it goes. How do demons communicate with each other? How do they communicate with us? Okay. That's the question. Great question. 
angels are made of pure spirit. That means that means a mind and a will without matter. They don't have bodies. Therefore, they must communicate by mental telepathy. This is not fantastic. It, it appears even in our, own, in our own experience. Think about this. Haven't you ever consecrated, concentrated your attention on someone in front of you on a bus or in a line and seen that person instantly turn around and look at you? Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this happened to me at the Phoenix airport one time uh, when, I, when I was praying for a younger man in front of me. He was looking at a porn magazine and he was probably getting a dopamine rush and I started praying for him and he turned around and looked at me, gave me an evil stare. Mm -hmm. Now, psychology today, uh, this magazine says, quote, mental telepathy is the process of transferring thoughts from one mind to another. Mm -hmm. There's also academic research back in 2014 that has scientifically validated and demonstrated this mind to mind communication, even the occult, the occult uses, they call that the evil eye. Mm -hmm. They transfer thoughts to the evil eye. Mm -hmm. Demons are, are able to focus like a laser mm -hmm. or, or to quote fans watching a great athlete. They will, they will see, and they'll say, when they see a great athlete, they'll say like, wow, he looks focused. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Mortimer Adler the greatest uh, philosopher in the 20th century, he converted to Catholicism mm -hmm. uh, in, in, uh, back in, in, his, in his 60s. He calls demons, quote, minds without bodies. Now picture that, picture that. Scary. And, uh, that's, scary. That, that's scary. A mind without body just roaming around in the atmosphere around you. Just focusing just the thoughts like laser. Yes. Like laser. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, we had some technical problems before the show and, uh, you know, they had probably had a lot to do with it. Yeah. But you know what? We we went forward and yep. here we are. There we are. We are. We're on air. Thank you, Jesus. Right. That's right. Okay. Praise the Lord. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. Here's what Dr. Peter Crave says. He says, when angels do communicate with us, it's usually by suggesting things to our imagination, what we often call inspiration. They may suggest certain thoughts or actions mm -hmm. to us. Neither good nor evil spirits can force our mind or will, which are free. So mm -hmm. all they can do, yep. the way um, Dan and Kyle explain it, this angelic conversation, yeah, they call angelic illumination. They say the best way to understand it, they say, think about a flashlight. You turn a flashlight on, you turn it off. You turn on, light projects. He says, angels and demons project into our mind. Mm -hmm. He goes, that's the best way to understand St. Thomas's term angelic illumination they mm -hmm. they project into your mind their thoughts but you're able to do with it what you want with it you can reject mm -hmm. those thoughts or you can accept them because remember we have free the will. free will the act of the will remember that we all have free will yeah so let's take a second another question this right? is the big one yeah, here because this, is this talks about what yeah we're what we're, we're, we're dealing with today yeah. yes we're dealing with it today are there feminine demons mm. wow what a great question <laughs> got a smart audience yes we do Devils and angels or demons and angels are spiritual beings. So strictly speaking, they cannot be males or females. That is the natural differences which require a body. They don't have a body. Angelic beings can have gender. That is, they can be, they can have a masculine gender or a feminine gender because these are spiritual attributes that are not bound by matter. 
They can also afflict male bodies and female bodies in particular ways. For example, the devil, Satan, is univocally identified in Holy Scripture with masculine nouns and attributes. He's also assumed to be masculine because he's ferociously misogynistic. He hates women and has a coldly logical, calculating, aggressive will to destroy all of the Heavenly Father's beloved children. Males, however, don't have a monopoly on evil. There are other wicked feminine creatures identified in the Bible whose evil can sometimes put men to shame. You have female fertility deities in the Old Testament. You have witches, you have necromancers, and evil seductresses of Palestine. They were always pulling away the Israelites away from God, as evidenced by such Old Testament female characters as, and these demons will reject these demons as after I name them all, as Lilith, Astaroth, Jezebel, Delilah, the witch of Endor, and others who we reject, rebuke, renounce in Jesus' name. Go to the foot of the cross that Jesus Christ may do with you as he wills. Mother Mary, crush the head of these infernal spirits under your immaculate feet. Amen. Mm -hmm. Ah, there's also another one. Pythonisa, the, the soothsayer in the Acts of the Apostles, who was a Jezebel and the whore of Babylon, both referred into in the book of Revelation, mm -hmm. who we reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name. Go to the foot of the cross that Jesus Christ may do with you as he wills. Mother Mary, crush the head of these infernal spirits under your immaculate feet. Now, the term androgenine, androgyny has its roots in classical mythology and literature androgyny comes from the greek word andros meaning man and geni meaning woman mm. so an androgynous person is therefore one who has both masculine and feminine characteristics androgyny refers to sex role flexibility and adaptability the androgyny, from the Greek word andros, man, and, and gune, woman, is a creature that is half male and half female. In mythology, in Greek mythology, such a creature is usually a god, lowercase g, and is sometimes called a hermaphrodite. In other words, they're not fully developed mm -hmm. male or, or they have both parts of male and female. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And but uh, what does Psalm 95 tell about all these uh, these Gentile yeah, gods? Psalm, Psalm 95 says, for all the gods, lowercase gods of the Gentiles are devils, but the Lord made the heavens. So all these 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 uh, wow. these uh, this was this was very deep. And I think maybe we should repeat that part. The, the term androgyny has its roots. OK, that's, 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 say it again. Think, Go ahead. I think we need got to a few repeat Go ahead. that because I think people. You know, this it is, is something it is new, deep. and it's and there's two words. I mean, you're splitting two words that mean the same. I mean, in one word, and, two meanings. And by in one the way, word. the next the next three weeks, we're going to go through an androgyny demon mm -hmm. mentioned by Father Malachi Martin, chapter yeah. ten of his book. Yeah, we're going to continue. Devil. I know we did that the first two segments. Yeah, we're going to go gonna, back to his book. Yeah. It'll take about three Fridays because we're going to yeah. go through the entire story. Yes, I think of that's a transgender what demon we need to do, and I think they want it. Yeah, too. it's a it's a demon yeah. that was possessing a woman. To become transgender, yeah. and Father Malachi Martin called the possessed person uh, Richard Rita. 
Maturina. Yeah, yeah, because the demon was yeah. projecting uh, this transgender confusion upon this uh, as, as part of the possession. And that's where the that psychologist bipolar, two person, two personalities. Okay, so let's get back to that, the term androgyny. It has its roots in classical mythology and literature. Androgyny comes from the Greek word andros, meaning man, and gyne, meaning woman. Oh, uh, meaning woman. An androgynous person is, therefore, one who has both, both masculine and feminine, feminine characteristics. Androgyny refers to sex role, flexibility, and adaptability. Mm. The andro, uh, the androgyne, from Greek, from the Greek word andros, man, and gyne, gune, gune, woman, is a creature that is half male and half female. In mythology, such a creature is usually a god, lowercase, and is sometimes called a hermaphrodite. If you want to see a classic yeah. example yeah. of that, you know that they, that's where they got the the word gynecology. You yeah. know, gynecology from yeah. the Greek word yeah. gyne and, and yeah, which means woman, androgyny, which means woman. Mm -hmm. Women go to gynecologists, and um, here's something yeah, else that's interesting. Specialists for women. Here's something else that's interesting: the Temple of Satan, which is very active, mm -hmm. politically active, and we plan on going going after them everywhere they try to insult us yes the temple of satan their their main icon that they use in their temples and all over the country when they do their consecrations mm -hmm. is the demon baphomet mm -hmm. and if you notice baphomet who we reject rebuke and renounce in jesus name go to the foot of the cross that jesus christ may crush you he's a hermaphrodite oh, if you look at yeah. he has he has male yes. parts mm -hmm. he has female yeah. parts and he has uh, animal parts, beast-like yes. parts. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's an yes. androgynous demon that is the mascot, the iconic right. figure for the Temple of Satan. Mm -hmm. And even their founder, Lucian Greaves, yeah. admits he says most of our members are transgender. Look at who they worship. Yep, yep. it's yep. a it's a hermaphrodite, Old mm -hmm. Testament demon mm -hmm. that's half man, half woman, half and part beast. Yep. And a lot of these people that go out when they protest, look at the way they act. They're violent. They're angry. They're, Some of them wear horns. They I wear think horns. They, or they have different colored hair. Um, they look like they, just, they look like Joker clowns in the, in the Batman yes, series. Yes. Demon clowns. Yes. They don't look like clowns like yes. Bozo the Clown. We right. grew up on that. Mm -hmm. They look like demon the clowns, clowns, not Bozo. Yep. Bozo the Clown never scared me. No. Demon clowns look scary. Yes. Demon clowns. We're talking about clowns. What about the, the sissies of perpetual? The sissies of perpetual. perpetual they're okay. like clowns. <laughs> yeah, they are clowns. Oh, we're That's a wrap. Hey, family. This was fun. We love you. you. We're going to go outside of freedom in a couple of hours. God yeah, bless God you. Bless you. Keep, Keep the faith. faith.